limit your believable of God's word and believe in life. You know what humility is to take God's word as tongues and prophecy go hand This is Young Ecclesia Nation. Let your heart be flooded with light as you listen to the word of God in ministration. Pastor God bless you. Okay, so we're going to be going right into today's teaching. All right. I had said that we were going to be looking at fasting. Now, if you were at the move of God on Saturday, you know that one instruction that came real strong to us was that we should fast. That there is a fast that we're supposed to go on as a ministry. And so um, I called for, I I received the word and I said, okay, let's do it on Monday. All right. But then later I went back and I thought about it. I said, no, people need to have knowledge about what God wants us to do because the average person, his or her fast life is encompassed by um, some very quick hunger strike, then <laughs> full of looking at food and browsing on social media and just doing other things. And then by six o'clock, religiously, just say, oh, it's time to break our fast. So what they do about breaking the fast, they now quickly say, let's do some prayer. So some 10, 15 minutes prayer. And say, oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we have fasted. Lord, let everything that we have asked come to us. Amen. Lord, let all our enemies die. Amen. And all that stuff. And that's what they do <laughs> for fasting. Meanwhile, all in their minds, the only thing that was in their head was they were going. That, that beans, that was all that was in their head the whole day. And that's that chicken or something that was somewhere that you stuffed in the fridge, you know. But then fasting is way more than that. Fasting is much, 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 much more than that. And fasting is a compulsory exercise for the church. Fasting is something that God himself, well, you would see, let me say like this, you would see people who followed God that they did, they fasted regularly. Even people like Esther, who was a beauty queen, not a slay queen, but was a beauty queen, um, the wife of the then um, one of, if not arguably the most powerful man in the world. And at that time, when she needed to do something to save her people, she actually went on a fast for three days. And so you see this trend all over the place. Moses, we know, went on a fast 40 days. Um, Daniel, at the time, fasted for about 21 days. At another time, he fasted for 10 days. Well, that fasting was different. To fast would just be to deprive of yourself of certain things. There's this deprivation of, of, of certain pleasures, of things that normally are good to you. So for Daniel back then, what was good to him and what um, he was fasting of for those 10 days was when the king, the king in the, in the nation that he found himself in, ordered that they be fed food that was offered to idols. You see, Daniel and his companions, they had been taken from their homeland the nation of Israel had been invaded and destroyed and captives had been taken. Many captives had been taken. And so Daniel was in this strange land, but because he was a prince, he was of royal blood, he was taken to serve at the king's court because he was educated and brought up in proper manners. So the king said, all of them must eat my food so that they can be, you know. And but the Bible says that Daniel said, you know, that he... And his companions, they can't eat food offered to idols. So they said, okay, they're going to just eat certain foods that were not offered to idols. That's just vegetables. And we know what happened at the end of it, that they were even 10 times better than the other people. So that was a kind of fast. But I know that a lot of Christians will love that kind of fast, where it's just veggies, vegetables that you eat, or fruit and vegetables that you, you will love that kind of fast. Once I, I went on that kind of fast, I like that kind of, I really like that kind of fast. I went on that fast once, and I remember I ate like nine bananas in the morning. So, <laughs> in my school days, I had at least nine solid bananas in the morning. It was amazing. And I mean, that fast did not last. <laughs> or, as I was sharing with some of my people, some of the leaders in a leaders meeting the other day, I said, you could fast like King Darius. I think he's the one who threw down on the lion's den. Or some of his people, you know, tricked him and he threw down the lion's den. And the Bible says he fasted all night. So if you're that kind of person that just loves to fast all night and then breakfast, you know what I'm saying? Break your fast in the morning. And that kind of person, God bless you too. But why not talk about those kinds of fasts, please? That is not what we're talking about. Fasting will involve some form of deprivation. It's going to involve some form of 
removal of something that is very, very near and dear to you, mostly food. But most of the fasts in the Bible are food fasts. So don't try to escape. <laughs> Even if you're going to do Daniel fast, you would eat like sparingly because you, you can't fast and indulge in it. It doesn't just work. During a fast, there are other things that you let go of. There's certain kinds of things you don't do. In fact, you see that um, Paul makes a case in, I think that was the first question, where he explains the fact that in husband and wife, he says that they should not defraud one another sexually. That is, they should not hold sex back from each other. That's the benefit of marriage. Don't hold it back. So get married at the right time. But he says that rather that they should, um, with consent, that means with permission from your partner, that you should actually separate yourself from sex and go into prayer and fast. In other words, Paul is saying that it is best to um, fast with, without things that are pleasurable. Are you with me? Things that are pleasurable, things that are, are nice, sweet, you know, things that you normally enjoy. It's, it's more desirable. Why? Because um, your flesh is the problem. All right? If you've been following our series on spiritual awareness, which we started um, two weeks ago, you'll know that we're talking about the fact that you are spirit. You are spirit, you have a soul and live in a body. And we explain the fact that you are spirit, but then you have this body, and this body is a big limitation. This body is a big hindrance, you know, to God. It's a very big hindrance. This body is like, a, it prevents, just imagine that you are spirit, but then this body is a suit. But because this body is spiritually dead, Right? This body has been riddled with sin. This body has been um, infected, let me use the word, with sin. And it has been corrupted. That's why the body now ages. That's why the body falls sick. And all those, those things are not normal with the body, but they happen now. And so the body is a big hindrance. The body, or what we call the flesh, the body combined with the mind, they can, they can be a very big hindrance to your spiritual life especially when you indulge much in the flesh we spoke about the fact that you are spirit and you are your spirit in a body your spirit you have a soul in the body and that you are a spirit being experiencing an earthly journey right and we also explained the fact that you are spirit so you should be more aware of the spirit but more christians seem to be aware of the flesh than the spirit they seem to be aware of the carnality of natural things and the spirit and so the way it works is that the more you indulge in pleasures of the world, the more you indulge in the things of the world, what happens is that your awareness of natural things heightens, it becomes strong. And as your awareness of natural or the natural world or the carnal world heightens, your awareness of the spiritual realm dulls, it begins to dull. Think about it, you've sat down to watch how many movies, you've sat down to, you've eaten so much, you've done, done so much, that it gets a point, you're just dull. Try praying after eating a very heavy meal. Try, <laughs> try preaching after a very heavy meal. Is it doable? Very doable. I've done it a lot of times. But I'll tell you that the times I stayed away from food to pray, it's usually better. The time I stayed away from food to worship, better. The time I stayed away from food to preach, always better. Why? Because one and the first point we're getting into which one because we're looking at the benefits of fasting is that fasting makes you more sensitive to the realm of the spirit fasting makes you more sensitive to the spirit realm it makes you more sensitive many people fasted in the bible if you want to go through the list many fasted many fasted including jesus the son of god he will say no he's the son of god so the, the bubble will not fast no the bubble fasted that dude fasted in fact Bible says he fasted for 40 days, right? 40 days. And it wasn't just dead, he fasted. He fasted at other times. When he met the woman at the well of Samaria, he was fasting. In fact, he was fasting, he sent his disciples to go get food. Then you notice something that happened. When they came back and they saw him with this lady, and they're like, ah, what's this woman doing here? You know, they were, ah, who is this lady? And then they brought the food. They said, ah, Say so you people, I have food you don't know anything about. All right? And that place just said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. In other words, just was saying that his nourishment, he was saying he, that, that what he lives on is not just, he doesn't just live for earthly things. He doesn't just live for sensual desires. He lives for be better things. You are spirit. Like I said, there's spirit. There's nourishment you can get that you will not need food. 
at least for a period in time. <laughs> but fasting is an instruction. It's something that every believer should do. In the Old Testament, they did it. In the New Testament, you see, not just Jesus fasted, Paul fasted. In fact, Paul would say in fastings, in fastings, plentiful fasting. That is, the guy had a lifestyle of fasting. All right? So I, let me not jump gone because I had it all arranged. So and there's much more to this. Um, I don't, we're not going to be going into too many of the nitty gritties of how long should I fast, which one, you know, someone was asking me today, what was the best time? Um, okay, you know, there's some people that do this 12, 6, 3, 9 thing um, of fasting. So what's the best time, you know, to fast? Uh, is it 12 to 12, 12 to 3, 12 to 9? Well, for that one, what I would just say about it is that don't fast like the, hey, should I say this thing? Okay, so there's a way Muslims fast. All right, if you have a Muslim friend, um, they will wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning or so, or 5. I had a Muslim roommate, so they wake up at 4 or 5 in the morning, and then they will, how <laughs> would I say this? Then they will eat, you know? Then they now start the fast. <laughs> Please don't fast like that. That is not how we fast. Are you with me? And that thing I also say is um, that you should not <laughs> that that you should not. If I, I would recommend that you start fasting from midnight. Like if you're going to fast, start fasting from midnight. Why? So that by that morning time you're feeling hunger. Because some people eat by three four a.m. Like like Muslims, you eat like that and then. They are full already in the morning. They are not fasting anything. They are already full in the morning, you know. And that that food sometimes you now say, "Oh, I'm breaking by twelve, so you now break by noon." So, <laughs> so please stop deceiving yourself. You are not fasting. That is not the fast. Stop deceiving yourself. You get stop deceiving yourself. I would rather you start from twelve because the point is deprivation. The hunger you feel is, I don't like getting hungry. You will feel the hunger. You will feel the hunger. You will feel it. You will feel tired. You will feel weak. Yes, it's part of it. It's part of this flesh telling this flesh, guy, you're a small boy. Calm down. You get it. It's part of subduing the flesh. Are you with me? Now, some people fast and pray because they want to change God. They're like, oh, God, um, uh, Lord, as I fast, you know, because the truth that we're, as we're going to see is that fasting actually gets certain results in prayer. But you don't fast to change God or to move God. The same way you don't pray to move God. Some people think that by praying, we can all, if we can pray enough, we can twist God's hand, you know, ah, and twist it. Ah, ah, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know, people feel like that. That's what, they, that's what prayer does. That God says, I'm not doing it. Forget it. Boom, guy. And like, God, do it down. No, I'm not doing it. Boom, my guy, I'm not doing it. And I say, okay, we know what to do to you. And they start to pray and fast. Eh, brr, brr, brr. And they're twisting God's hand to it like this. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. Gabriel, Gabriel, sign it, sign it, sign it. No, no, that's not what it does. You know, and there's a woman like, now add fasting to the prayer. Hey, that one, eh, if like I say, I don't, I don't break your hand, I'm broken God's hand. He must do it. That is not how, or how it works. No, actually, prayer and fasting, or prayer primarily, then adding fasting to it, is the way you actually take hold of the problem because God's power is available to you. You use God's power to take hold of the problem, not to take hold of God. Because God has already given you the ability to solve the problem by prayer. So you take hold of the problem. Are you with me? So you're not fasting and praying, God, hear me! Answered prayer is up to you. Let me say that. Answered prayer is up to you. Answered prayer is not up to God. This is a very, very simple thing that many people do not want to understand. Answered prayer is not up to God. It's up to you. God, answer my prayer. Oh, answer my prayer. Yeah, praying, pray, answer my prayer. And God has said, I've heard. God has said, no, of course, he always hears us. Bible says, according to his will, he always hears us. His will is to hear us. Are you with me? We are his children, he's our father. For you know, God even hears unbelievers. He hears un it's true, he hears unbelievers too. But we are his children, he hears us. So the problem is not, no, prayer is how you take hold. Bible says, by God will do exceedingly abundantly above all may ask or think according to the power that works where? In us. So where is the power? In us. If the power is in us, that means we have the ability to what? To release power towards the situation. So when you are praying and you are fasting or whatever you are doing, it is you taking hold of a situation. It is you subduing something that, that, that normally does not want to be subdued. 
It is you praying results through. If you understand what I'm saying, you are the one, you are, by prayer, you are arranging circumstances and doing certain things that are influencing stuff. That is what happens. It's not, it's not God. It's not an upward issue. No, rather God is here and God has made his power available. Yeah, and by making his power available, what, what he did by that is that don't come and meet me and say there's no unanswered prayer. All prayer is answered. <laughs> are you seeing that? The power is available. I want the iPhone. God will not say, oh, son, daughter, uh, you can't have the iPhone. No, of course. You can believe by faith and have an iPhone. And that person can believe by faith and have a whatever. Of course, this does not mean that, they, that, that, they, that there are no dealings of God. Let me say that. There are no dealings of God. That's a different topic entirely, how God deals with people. Uh-huh. Because of that, you're saying, God, uh, this is what I want. God says, uh, so after you get to what will happen? Say, God, give me visa, give me visa. After, say, God, say, what will happen? After you get visa, what will happen? Say, I'll go to Dubai. Say, is that where I sent it to be? No. So there are things that are also, you know, you check based on the will of God that you will not get. If I get it, it's not God's will. It's not God. You will destroy yourself with that. But let me, let's leave that's another topic on its own. <clears throat> so the church is supposed to fast, all right? Jesus showed that the church would need to fast after the resurrection, all right? So it says, then they said to him, why the disciples of John, that's Luke 5, verse 3, why the disciples of John fast often and make prayers and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? So apparently Jesus' disciples were chopping life. These guys were having fun. These guys were... Peter was probably as a full talkie. Guy was stuffing his face with a full talkie and having fun. And when they're going to marry, maybe Martha's house or whatever, Peter will say, please give me a third plate, fourth plate. They were eating, like they were literally, <laughs> they were literally having fun. But then we now see the, the, the other, the Pharisees and other people, why are your disciples not fasting? I don't have, they're always fasting. Now, it's, it's important to note that Jesus also tackled these guys, these Pharisees. He said that it was not his Matthew where he says, Don't fast like them. He says, Because they are when they fast, what they do? He said they will disfigure their faces to show that they are fasting, so that you will look at them and say, Oh, this guy is spiritual. Ah, oh, brother, this world, this world. You know, they want to see them. They are hypocrites, they are actors. <laughs> so they are they are depriving themselves so that you see them and and keep praises on them that they are spiritual. And Jesus already said, don't fast like these hypocrites. But that is how those guys were. They were total hypocrites. Yeah, they're saying, eh, why are your disciples not? These guys are chopping like James is, as in, this guy is literally burying his head in jail rice. And, and they are, they're like, us, oh, so I want disciples fast. So these Pharisees had already taught their disciples the hypocritical means of fasting. What Jesus says, he says, can you make friends of the bridegroom or make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? Right? He says, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and they will fast in those days. All right? Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. So he's talking about, in, in context, he's actually talking about the, what I say, the new birth. All right? The fact that the new birth, in the new birth, that we would be required to fast. Because he's talking about old, you don't, because they were under the old covenant then. All right? Jesus had not died yet. So his spirit could not come and live in men. So in other words, he was saying there's no point. Why are you telling me to fast? I came for a certain purpose. When that purpose is accomplished and they have received the spirit of God, then they will fast. Are you seeing that? Then they will fast. So in other words, Jesus has, by this statement, he has told us <laughs> that we're going to fast. So they said, no, 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 no. They don't need to fast. Oh, God hears me. Glory to God. He hears me always. Oh, glory to God. I'm close to Jesus. You can be close, but you need to fast. Or when you need to fast, the Bible says you will fast. So you cannot say you will not fast. He's there. He said the sweet tear. So Peter, the same Peter that was chopping life is the same Peter that later will fast. Are you seeing that? The same disciples that were chopping life are the same disciples, book of Acts, whatever. They would fast eventually. They would fast. You have to fast. Yes. So it's a part, it's part and parcel of the Christian walk. Even if there is no direct instruction, there's a reason why there's no direct instruction about fasting. Because fasting is not something that is fixed. There is no rigorous, um, there is no rigorous instruction that says every believer on the first of every week fast. There is no such thing. No. There is no such thing as saying fast 40 days like just did. There's no such thing. There's no such instruction. Why? Because fasting is 
as the need arises. Do you get? It's as the need arises. It's as as um as stuff comes up that you need to fast for. That's when you do it. Fasting is a form of consecration you can decide to get into. And then there are times when the Spirit of God will have you fast. For example, um, last year we began to have these healing surge meetings online. And the Spirit of God, the first one especially, actually was like a template for the other ones. He told me before, he said, I, I want you to fast for this, for this, for this surge. But now I think it was the day before and the day after that, he wanted them to fast. Are you seeing that? So he led me to fast. Are you with me? Even Jesus, the 40 days he fasted, the Bible says he was led of the Spirit to the wilderness. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, um, that should be Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did what? Eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. So you see, in this case, it wasn't that Jesus decided to fast 40 days. Jesus was led of the Spirit. Are you seeing that? And when you are led of the Spirit to fast like that, there is usually a supernatural element to it. I was telling some of my workers and leaders about a certain friend, you know, back in school, a certain lady that was in our fellowship, that God, she, I mean, when she came in just newly, God led her to fast for two weeks straight. Two straight weeks, all she took was water. She didn't take water. I know that you're supposed to take water when you fast, but God led her to fast for two straight weeks. And that fast, I mean, she did it, and it was awesome. It was so many things happened for her. But, I mean, I wouldn't tell you to fast for two weeks. I would not. I would not. No, 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 no. I would not tell you because the Spirit of God led her to fast for two weeks. Do you understand? If you are going to fast, you have to understand why you are fasting. That the people fast for different reasons. In the Old Testament, you see many times they fasted as a as a um, to in repentance, you know, to show um, yeah, to show brokenness of heart, and the other things that they fasted to do. For us in in Christianity, it's a bit different. So we're going to look at a few of those benefits or reasons to fast. There are just about three. There are actually more than twenty. <laughs> there are, and these reasons cut across the natural and um, that is it, uh, the natural reasons that will affect even your body and reasons that will affect your spiritual life. But maybe I should just tick off one or two of, from the list of the natural. In the natural, actually, if you fast, it is actually shown that people who fast will be healthier. Now, people who take out some time, some time to fast are healthier. Why? Because you see your body, apparently, when um, toxins, like, okay, your body, when you take in food, you know, it's like a factory. It takes in the good stuff and then it throws away the waste. Of course, some of it comes as poop and sweat and all that. But there's there's a lot of that just deposited in your blood consistently. It's, and it has no outlet. It just doesn't really. But when you fast, when you take out time away from you stop eating, it, those those things now start finding outlets in your body and they begin to live. So a form of cleansing is actually fasting. In fact, for some ladies, it, I think they've actually shown some really said that fasting actually helps ladies have better skin. <laughs> Please, I'm not saying go fast because of better skin. Fasting is a spiritual exercise. Funny enough, fasting is something that is not even unique to Christianity. The Muslims have said they fast. The Buddhists also fast. In fact, every, I think, serious religion has some element of fasting inside it. But please don't go and fast because you want glowing skin. Are you with me? Shots called just go and so into my life. The anointing will come upon you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so that's just one. It cleanses your body. In fact, if you notice a person who is really very sick, one thing that happens is that they just lose their appetite for food. They just stop eating. That's because the body is actually saying, "Look, keep food away. Keep food away," because what is needed is actually the body needs to recuperate or recover itself and. Fasting is the way the body recovers. So there are benefits in the natural. There are many. In fact, clarity of mind. There are many. In fact, I was reading a book, and there are two books I would actually recommend during this period because we're going to talk about you know when we're going to fast. Um, I would say read Kenneth E. Higgins' book, A Common Sense Guide to Fasting. It's one of the best books on fasting I've ever read. If arguably the best. And then there's another one called um, or should I should I pick that one? Uh, well, you could actually just go 
you know, it's, it, that one actually goes into details of this. Just that he, on the two of them may have a bit of a conflicting. If you're not, if you're not certain, there's a conflicting idea there between the two. Um, so, <laughs> and when it comes to duration of fasting, there are many different um, what do you call it? There are many different views on that. You get what I'm saying? But I would say fasting is best done as led by the spirit or when you want to achieve certain spiritual um, things, when you want to do there are certain things you want to deal with. Sometimes it may be an issue, a long-standing issue in your family, right? Uh -uh. How many of you know, for example, that this thing called generational causes is, is, is true? Even if in Christ, we, are not, we don't have to go through that, but it's real. And then you may just be someone that notices that there are certain trends in your family that, ah, why is it that uh, all the ladies, this is all happening in my family, or why is it that people tend to die at this age, or stuff like some crystal, or everybody has, yeah, at that kind of time, you can take a fast, to fast, take a time to fast and pray concerning that matter. All right, there was so one of our people who um, noticed some crazy trends in the family where it just has seemed to happen, like just bad things, just bad things back to back, bad things back to back, based for her for her siblings and her mom and she was like what is going on here so we, when we spoke and all that i put on a fast and i told her to do this to that pray this prayer you know pray and she went on a fast for three days and um let me i think it's a good place to add okay i'll add it before but after she finished the fasting and everything she those things were sorted out now i think it's a good place to add that it is fasting and prayer it is not just fasting Fasting or, or starvation is not fasting. Fasting is fasting with prayer. Are you with me? Let me show you a text that should help um, that should help you get more convinced. Um, fasting and prayer. Because if you are not praying while you are fasting, you are on a hunger strike. You are on a hunger strike. You should be praying and you should be engaging in spiritually rigorous activities so prayer is one of them i mean i'm not talking about prayer someone who does pray one hour the whole day what so what do you fast for fasting is to separate time from your your busy life onto god that is the idea right you minister to the lord you take out time and in in fasting you are ministering to the lord you are focusing on god you are putting attention on god you are praying to god you're communing with god that is what will you do all right um psalm 35 verse 13 but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned to my own bosom. So you see fasting and prayer. Um, Daniel chapter 9 verse 3, and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with what? Fasting. So prayer and supplication with what? Fasting. Prayer and what? Fasting. Prayer and fasting. Say it. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. It's like a sandwich. Are you with me? Prayer and fasting. You don't take one and leave the other. Like now, some people were instructed to fast today. And if you did it properly, you were you spent time praying. And one of the best ways we found to do it is that you is the way we did that the prayer based challenge, which is that during the fast, you are also um where as you're fasting, you are maybe praying, let's just say with the way we do it is that maybe within an hour you can pray 20 minutes every hour. So every hour when your alarm goes off, you pray for 20 minutes and then Maybe you just stay in that zone, maybe read your Bible the rest of the time or do something spiritual, listen to the word of God and all that every 20 minutes. Or you could do one hour every three hours. One hour every three hours. One hour every three hours you pray. If you have the time, you get. And you could also just do, um, which is one of, well, I say my favorite, which is you do every 30 minutes, you, do, you pray for 10 minutes. Every 30 minutes, you pray 10 minutes. Every 30 minutes, you pray 10 minutes. Every 30 minutes. I think that's what I actually, I personally like. Every 30 minutes you speak in tongues, just talking tongues, you pray, and you are sensitive to the Spirit of God. You get that's how you stay. Now, if you have more time, you can actually really give yourself, like, I'm just going to pray. I'm staying there, and I'm just going to pray in the Spirit. Glory to God. I'm just going to. I remember my pastor back then, there was a fast he took for three days. He ate no food for three days, and all he did was just, he just stayed on the Word of God. He listened to my pastor's message just for three days and he just listened and listened and for three days after those days he knew he broke into a level of wisdom and if you know my pastor pastor tim you know that he's actually a man full of wisdom he said he told us that how he broke into that thing that it was a three-day fast that he took and just stayed on the word of god stayed on teaching stayed on 
and then that's how I had a breakthrough. So there are many reasons to find. I'm not, I'm trying to even enter or not enter the reason, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're here and there. So um, prayer and fasting, Mark chapter 9, verse 29. And I said unto them, this kind comes for out. This guy can not come out, but by what? Prayer and fasting. All right. He was talking about their unbelief in that place when they had a demon, there was a demon that they could not cast out. And Jesus said to them that it's because of your unbelief. And he said, This type goes, or this type goes not out, but by prayer and fasting. That means it is their unbelief that goes not out. In other words, there are times when your belief or your own your, your mind is so clogged with the world and you are finding difficult to trust God, to believe God, you understand, to hear God, to to focus on God and grow, grow conviction, what can you do? At that point, you can actually <laughs> take out time and you can fast and pray and come back bolder, come back more courageous, come back, you know, with the spring in your step, come back ready to believe God. You know, uh, if, it, if you go to the hospital and the doctor tells you that uh, you have a cancer or whatever, that's a good time to declare fast and to sit down on God's word and pick scriptures, put them together, and stay on it till conviction comes on you, and you can believe God that he can heal you, and he has healed you. You get That's how uh, people do some of these things. Um, Paul, after he got saved, Bible says that he went, he fasted for three days, for three days he ate nothing. After Paul got saved, it says for three days that he actually ate nothing. He ate zilch, he didn't eat anything for three days after he got saved. Are you seeing that? So it's a, it's a kind of trend that you see. It's a trend that lots of people did. And they were not stupid for doing it. There were reasons. They understood the benefits of this of fasting. So a Christian cannot just be there and your fork and knife is, is, you know, does not rest. Your spoon does not rest. It knows no rest. It is wearied by labor. You, are, you, have, you have toiled in the Ministry of cuisine, you know, palating. <laughs> so, no, there is more than that. First Corinthians seven verse five: Defraud you not, you not one the other, except if you consent for a time that you may give yourself to what fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer. So you cannot fast properly until you are praying. And let me say this: when you are fasting, all right, especially um, when people go on long fasts. You go, you get sensitive to the Spirit of God, which is actually the first point. I know I've mentioned several other points, but it's actually the first point, which is that you get sensitive to the Spirit of God. That's the first benefit of fasting. You get sensitive. Now, if you're not praying, okay, let me say this. Your, your senses are being heightened spiritually. You're a spirit being. And if you're just praying, 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 oh, sorry, you're just fasting, just not eating, not eating, and your senses are being heightened, you're getting less aware of this realm, but you're not engaging in spiritual activities. Guess what? The supernatural realm is not limited to God alone. And some people, when they go on fire, that's when they start hearing some voices like all those Muhammad, you know, Muhammad things, where you start seeing one angel that starts telling you one funny thing, you know, and starts a religion through you. Yeah, because some people don't, at that point, you're supposed to be engaging in spiritual exercises. Okay, so benefits of fasting again. First one is a, it's a spiritual sensitivity. Acts 13 verse 1. It says, Now there were in the church at, that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. So as they ministered to the Lord and what? Fasted. So remember why I said that you in fasting, what do you do? You minister to the Lord. In fasting, you pray. In fasting, you worship. In fasting, you give time to God. You invest in rigorous spiritual activity it is a time you are taking time aside from other things from tv you could be watching from netflix from social media from other things to put it on god that is the point of fasting and prayer so when you are doing all that stuff you know it makes you more sensitive so it says here that they minister to the lord and they fasted they deprived themselves of food the holy good said separate unto people and balance with the work I've called them. So, what does that mean? It means the Holy Ghost, when as they minister to the Lord, as they focus on the Lord, as they give themselves to the Lord and they were fasting, they became very sensitive and were able to pick the prompting of the Spirit when the Spirit of God said through them, you know, 
release unto me Paul and Barnabas, or what's that word? Yes, unto the work, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas, unto the work I have called them. So, as they minister to the Lord and fasted. So, if you want to hear God, let's say you're trying to believe God for something, or sorry, you're trying to get direction for something, you want to know what God is saying about this matter, oh, should I marry this guy, or which school should I go into, um, maybe you're asking God, what, what should I focus on during this work or wasi? What should I read? <laughs> you know, what should I read and all that? Or, you know, whatever it is, uh, maybe it's your family, family issues. Let's say your parents are trying to, are talking about divorce over and over again, and they're like, what should I do? It says here that they what, they minister to the Lord and Father. They turn their attention. Many times we put our attention on the problem, but this one, they turn their attention to the Lord. They ministered. They waited on the Lord. They served the Lord, you know, through prayer and fasting. They ministered to the Lord and they what? Fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, very important. So hearing God is actually not a hard thing. Hearing God is a matter of sensitivity. So if you are, you're, you've been so busy, you're not praying much, you're not on the word of God, you're not listening to sermons, you're not doing all these things, you're just back to back work, maybe internship, maybe school, whatever, that's how you're living your life back to back. You will find that you are much or it's much harder for you to actually um, hear God. It's much harder for you to actually um you know, be sensitive to the promptings of, of, of his spirit. Remember, we said at the move of God that God, the spirit of God is always prompting, he's always giving us impressions. But if you are not invested in spiritual activity, those impressions can be so faint that you will not detect them. Are you seeing that? So that's part of why we fast. So fasting actually makes us sensitive to the spirit of God. Verse two, and as they minister to the Lord, and okay, verse three, and when they had fasted and what? Prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So, you see, they, they, they did not take this lightly. After the Lord spoke, you know, and it says when they had fasted and prayed. So when they finished their fast, when they finished the fast, they continued the fast. So in during the fast, the Spirit of God spoke to them. They continued their fast and fasting and prayer. And after that, they down, they down laid hands on this one and sent them off. Are you seeing that? So fasting makes you more sensitive to the Spirit of God. If you want to hear God properly, go on the fast. So I remember uh, one young lady um, in our ministry, she wanted, she was like, oh, there's, there were these, two, these options um, to travel or do something. And then she was like, oh, what, what should she do? I told her to go on the fast. I told her to go on the fast for three days. She just fast, maybe to six break and all that, you know, but she should be praying. And I gave her, and I think it wasn't the first day God spoke to her. I told her, now, you see, oh, if you want to travel, travel, but that's not my will for you. You see that? So, the, the confusion that was in her head, she couldn't hear God. When she went on a fast and she spent time with God, her mind became more quiet. A lot of the noise and confusion. So that's what I'm saying is important. You're fasting, you're not on social media. You're not browsing your phone up and down. You're not checking your, um, your stories and Snapchat, or WhatsApp stories. You're not doing all that. You're not on YouTube just checking different things. No. You're only doing, maybe if you're someone who's working and you cannot afford to stop everything you're doing, then you're doing just the bare necessities. You're doing just the bare essentials. You're not going all out and doing every single thing. No, just the ones you need, the ones who are, that are needful, that you're involving or engaging yourself in. Not every single thing. That's what, or that's the point of it. So those ones you are, you know, you're giving your, your, yourself to. So sensitivity. Book of Acts 27 verse 21 but after long abstinence paul stood forth in the midst of them and said so this is what is happening here is that paul this is after he was arrested and he was he appealed to caesar so they were on their way to take him to caesar so he was on high seas and um okay they had docked somewhere and paul had sense that they should not go with their journey but i mean who is paul what's he considered say we're going and so they went and then a tempest or a wind or something there was shower turbulence in the seas and the ship was gonna maybe probably capsize and so they were all shaking in their boots and all that but i was just paul after long abstinence so we can from here infer that paul actually went on a fast there was a long abstinence there was a staying away from some things it says paul stood forth in the midst of them all right Okay, I think another thing that happened here, it wasn't just, even just him. I think even the rest of them were not. So 
of Paul actually also in this case was not eating. So for the midst of that and said, sirs, you should have listened to me and not lose from Crete, you know, to have gained this harm and loss. And now it's also to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you. But the ship for, okay, the ship is going to crash for there stood by me this night an angel of God who I, whose I am and whom I serve. So by abstinence, right, he received direction. He received instructions. As I said, to clarify, it wasn't just him. I think the others didn't even want to eat. Who wants to eat when the sheep, it looks like they're going to die any minute. You don't want to eat food. People, it's like people know by default that food is not the most important thing when they face certain situations in their lives. You see that. So that's the first thing. It makes you very, very sensitive to the Spirit of God. I have also had cases like that where I would fast and the Lord would speak to me. And let me say this, during fasting, get ready to hear things. You know, your compiled disobedience, right? <laughs> All the things he has been trying to prompt you to do that you've not done. When you sit down to fast, just get ready to hear the things you don't hear. Get ready to hear. Um, <laughs> those days, I remember I was, oh, this is your phone, give it out. Or this is your laptop, give it out. Oh, Lord, it was in fasting. But I talked into that, I think, and it was in fasting and prayer. I heard it. Because sometimes you don't want to hear it when you're not fasting and praying, when your flesh is still strong. When fasting and prayer, I stay from different things. I just pray like I pray like that. Oh, the Holy Ghost going to say, he's going to talk. He's going to say certain things that will not convenience your flesh. So before you fast, just know that one. I don't want to, I will not fast. And what if it tells you to go to Kapanchan, then thank God for your life now. You go into your Kapanchan. Bible says, <laughs> let me leave the Bible says. The second reason to actually fast, and this first one really, I can go into more and more and more details. Spiritual sensitivity, it makes you sensitive. That's period. You will hear God weller when you're fasting and praying. And if you fast more consistently, you'll find out that God's voice becomes clearer to you. Are you seeing that? Uh -huh. And the elements of fast, okay, Papa, if you read the book um, by Papa Hagen, God told him that as um, common sense guys fasting, God told him that he would rather that the guy lives a fasted life. And he would rather that he lives a fasted life. And what does that mean? That he should just not indulge in food. Food should not become the thing of most of utmost importance to him. That you know, <laughs> basically, um, he should should stay off when needed. So in his own case, that's just go read the book. You understand? Because don't let me say this: is a person who has been fasting and has made a lifestyle of fasting. You get maybe you have a day of the week you fast. Maybe you fast. Maybe in the month you have three days in the month you fast. Or every week you fast, then you have three days in the month you fast. Like a lifestyle is such a person that will make an easier transition to what we call a fasted life. Not that you're there, you'll be eating six square meals a day. And then you now say that you are going to live a fasted life. No, you own, you don't need that. You need to fast. And I'll challenge some people that your own is maybe your own has been six to twelve, six to twelve, six to twelve. I will challenge you, push yourself. It was in my school days I began to push myself in fasting. I'll push myself. I began to break by six. You know, do six, and I, I almost feel like dying, but I did not die. All those days, I did not die. So it was like ulcer, ulcer, ulcer. Come and get healed. Come and get healed of that ulcer. Then we will fast. You have to fast. You have to fast. And then if you maybe you only a six, six person, six to six, six to six. I challenge you go for a full day. Go for a full day and fast. Twelve. That is twenty-four hours of no food. Go on the fast. If you don't twenty-four hours, I will challenge you go for forty-eight hours. And then I think the max I would even say is three days. But only fast. I mean, three days of no food and just water. That's the max I would. Although it is possible to go on a prolonged fast, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about the fact that, you know, if you read Papa Higgins, you said that he has never fasted more than three days in his life because there was actually never any need to. But there are other benefits of prolonged fasting, but we're not going to talk about those. We're just going to focus on fasting as a maximum three days. All right. So, so basically, that's one sensitivity to the spirit. Second one, as our time is seeming to fly by <laughs> is atomic power all right atomic power okay so what is that now bible talks about the fact that prayer makes power available james chapter 5 bible says that um what's that text james 5 um that says uh yeah um yes confess your false wonder before that, that may heal the effect of heaven prayer of the righteous power makes tremendous power available. So power is made available when you fast. Oh, sorry, when you pray. Power is made available. And the Bible says when you pray fervently, power, like it's made available. Like, let me use a lingua, something, something. Yafu, yafu. It's made plenty available. 
But now, when you add fasting to it, based on a, based on what people have experienced who have walked with God, when you add fasting to your prayer, it's not that you become sensitive to God's power, but you actually amplify the expression of God's power. Said differently, fasting is like um, okay, is like an amplifier. All right, so these mics, for example, when you use these mics and you plug it into something, like um, if you plug it directly to your computer, they are so, um, how would I put it, the signal that comes out is so low that it needs to flow through an amplifier or something as an amplifier to boost the signal to the point whereby the sound is loud enough. Are you seeing that? That's why if you know anything about sound, if you are using mics, they have to pass it through an amp. That's why an amp is amplified, amplifies the signal, boosts the signal before it passes into what we call the, in the mixer or something like that. So, fasting is like that amp that amplifies the power of God. It's like, or, let me use one amplifier. It's like the power of God has always been inside you. But the expression of the power when you pray is good. But when you fast and pray, it's as if maybe before you open a small door somewhere, but this one, you threw the floodgates open. Power of God comes into seriously strong demonstration. It's like different between a normal bomb and an atomic bomb. All right, so normal bomb can blow up. Maybe, um, maybe a big bomb can probably blow up a few blocks of buildings. Maybe a few buildings in the street, but an atomic bomb can level an entire city. So, prayer and fasting. When you add fasting to your prayer, it actually pushes the power of God to atomic levels. In other words, when you are believing God, you are praying concerning a certain matter, all right? And you pray and you pray and all that. You are releasing power to the situation and certain things can be done. But when you do it with fasting, the power or the surge of God's power released towards that situation is not comparable. It is on a different level entirely. And that's why if you want to step in, if you want to be someone that is sees more results, you know, when you heal the sick, when you do all those things, I mean, prayer, prayer releases power. You can see results. But when you add fasting, when you add fasting, you will see more results in that area. Yes, you will see more results. So in your life, I don't know what it is that you probably would love to uh, do or the things that you'd love to, you know, tackle or something. If I spend more time in prayer and fasting, I will see more results. So I think that that's what works for that one. Um, the Bible talks about Luke chapter 4, verse 14. All right? And, okay, and for verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led into spirit by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did not eat anything. And when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. So I want to say something here. Why did the Spirit of God lead Jesus to fast? Because he led him to be tempted, and then while he was in the wilderness, he ate nothing. So that tells you something, that... In the wilderness, he was praying, he was fasting, and it actually gave him power to overcome Satan's temptations because he was a man. But the power to overcome those temptations came by what? Prayer and fasting. So if just himself then prayer and fasting, then you need prayer and fasting to overcome certain things. Do you get? Yes, because when, let me say this, sin, your appetites and sin are not far away. In other words, gluttony is not far away. I just don't watch the way I eat. I can go to the city of gluttony. And then if I'm someone who, you know, accepts myself with food or something like that, it's not hard to get into the territory of sexual immorality. It's not hard to get into any other sin because you see self-control. There's this thing called self-control that, you know, is affected when you indulge, when you indulge your desires and appetites. When I fast and restrain my appetites and I hold myself, you see that? I fast. I am. What am I doing? I'm practicing some form of self-control, and it's going to affect other areas of my life. Also, I'm praying and releasing power that that I'm making power available that is also going to give me strength to resist temptation. Sometimes we actually we we fall into temptation because we are not ready, because we are not prayerful. At the Garden of Gethsemane, what happened? Just was tempted to look away from the cross, but he went there in prayer. And what happened? You, you know, the Bible says angels came and ministered to him, and he was strengthened to go on the journey to do what he had to do. So that's another thing. It releases strength. You can add that, that it releases strength. Okay? Verse 3. I say verse 3. Number 3. All right? 
is that it puts the flesh in check. It puts the flesh in check. All right? Self-control. First Corinthians 9, verse 25. And every man that strives for the mastery is, is self-controlled in all things. So if you strive for mastery, you, are, you must be self-controlled. There is no mastery without self-control. For me to master anything, guess what? I have to practice self-control. One good way to think about it is Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt is the fastest man in the world, on record. For him to have become the fastest man in the world, he had to master his body. He had to gain mastery. He had to control himself. What he ate, when he got up in the morning, when he decided to run, when he stopped running, he had to discipline his body. He had to tell his body what to do. He had to do it despite how he felt. That is how he gained mastery. If we will gain mastery over spiritual things, we must be self-controlled. We must learn to control our desires, learn to control our appetites. And food is one of those things you must learn to control. And because food is the thing the body wants, like it's very apparent to the body that it needs it. When you take a food, you see how you are react. If you're not eating lunch, you see how you react. So food, when you fast, what are you doing? You are actually working on, you know, your self-control. You are working on your discipline and it's going to affect you. It's going to help you to become more disciplined in other areas and it's going to move you closer to mastery because your flesh is, it's, it's just one step away from sin. It's just look at, let's check out anybody who does, who doesn't practice self-control, who just lives, it just anything goes, anything flows. You see that they're usually like, they don't, they don't, they don't go anywhere in life. They don't. So it says here that every man strives for mastery is what's self-controlled. You can't have mastery over anything without self-control. It says now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. It says, but we are incorruptible. Verse 26, I therefore so run not as uncertain. It says, but it says, so fight I not as one that beats the air. But look at verse 27. It says, but I keep my body under and bring it under subjection, right? Less by any means when I preach others and cast away. So he says, I put my body under. I bring it into subjection. I discipline my body. My body doesn't should not tell me what to do. I should tell my body what to do. And this is in other areas where I feel depressed, I feel down and everything. I should tell my body what to feel. I should tell my body what to do. And fasting and prayer is a good way to bring even your emotions under control. You can bring your emotions under control. If I stay and I fast, I do what I don't want to do. Because normally my body craves food, my body craves pleasure, my body craves comfort and and you know and good things. But I say no, I refuse. I put my body under. I'm not going to eat, and this body will not die. Actually, it's proven that nobody's gonna die by fasting for a few days. It's only when you go without water that you can die. That's why when you fast, you should drink water. It's a good cleanse. Actually, as you are fasting and you are taking water, it's cleansing out your body of many of those toxins. So you should take water while you fast. I'm not a dry fasting guy. I don't think it's wise. You should actually fast with water. You understand? So that's what it is about that you should put your body under. So it helps you. It's very beneficial. In your Christian life, if you are going to go far with God, you must be involved in this. Glory to Jesus.